You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. You're damn right it is on this Monday, yes, and a huge, huge, huge Monday night football game tonight. Dare I say rematch of the Super Bowl. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. But you already knew that. I am Chris Carlin. He is Joseph Fortenbaugh. Good morning, my friend. Good morning to you. I'm doing well. I'd like to know how well you're doing. You called the Charger-Packer game yesterday, which we could get into in a variety of ways, but first time at Lambeau Field. Did it live up to the expectations? And more. Oh, my Lord. It's it's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. The fans are insane. It was just a top-notch. Like I feel like we overuse the words bucket list. If you're an NFL fan, this is a bucket list experience. You have to do it. And it you was feel, You feel that we overuse the words bucket list. I do. I think a lot of people say, oh, it's a bucket list thing I'd like to do. When really, you know, going to the supermarket, not a bucket list thing. Amazing. I, I, I was just thinking of the same example. Yes, I was going to say, exactly. have you ever heard anyone be like, hey, bucket list item, you got to get to Vaughn's down the street today. <laughs> exactly. No, I do think we do overuse it because some people right. talk about bucket list, but I don't think they really appreciate what it means. And I'm here to tell you now, I know what it means. That was a bucket list thing to do. And if you're an NFL fan, get there. That's all I have to tell you. But, and I was there to watch Staley, Staley away. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you got the full Brandon Staley experience in that game, my friend. Congratulations. I mean, there are people that went to see Jordan back in the day and maybe had an off night, maybe only played 25 minutes because it was a blowout and you didn't get the full Jordan experience. You got all Brandon Staley had to offer and then some yesterday. Yeah. Uh, Brandon Staley is the Michael Jordan of being Brandon Staley. And that's what we (laughs) saw yesterday. It is Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. Let's get to tonight. We have got the Eagles and the Chiefs. Joe, I'm just going to get right to it for you who is this game more important for wow no foreplay here whatsoever we're just going to jump right in to sneeze yeah <laughs> I don't, there's no radio show on earth that sneezes more than this radio show uh, yeah i Good tell grief. you all right you can slice this a number of different ways for both teams important for both i'd say it's more important for philadelphia tonight for a handful of reasons first and foremost they have beaten nobody on the road this season absolutely nobody I was going through this this morning and this dates back to last year they put up a great record but they had an easy schedule and then they got tested not in their first playoff game which was against the Giants not in their second playoff game which was against Josh Johnson at quarterback for the Niners they got tested in the Super Bowl and they came up short against this Patrick Mahomes led Chiefs team well so far this season Philly's gone on the road to New England Tampa Bay the Rams, the Jets, which they lost, and the Commanders. 
They haven't played anybody good on the road this season. So this is a very, very true measuring stick game for them because this plays right into the fact that Detroit won this weekend, the Niners won this weekend, and if you are going to win the NFC, you don't want to have to go to Santa Clara. You don't want to have to go to Detroit. You want the bye in the first round. You want to rest, and you want everyone coming to Lincoln Financial Field. So just for a couple reasons like that right out of the gate, I think it's more important for Philadelphia tonight. See, it's interesting you put it that way. I, I would agree on the home field advantage front in the NFC. Uh, I don't think the game tonight is a measuring stick game for the Eagles because I think the Eagles are past the point of having measuring stick games. I think they have been that good for a while now, the last couple of years. And I feel like the Chiefs are in that same boat. The Chiefs don't necessarily have measuring stick games, but this is, I think this is a really important game for Kansas City because I know it's not Patrick Mahomes when I say this, but the Chiefs' offense has had a degree of, call it senioritis to it, right? They are cruising along at 7-2, and two, and yet they're only scoring 23 points a game. They really haven't done very much to solve what their offensive issues are. And their offensive issues are finding other guys who are going to be consistent besides Travis Kelsey in the pass game that are really going to help Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes has had that Brady effect of making other guys better, but it really hasn't taken place here yet. I'm not counting Mahomes in here when I say that they're cruising along offensively, but doesn't it feel to you at least a little at times like the Chiefs are just like, yeah, okay, we're 7-2, and two, we're, we're fine, we got no problems here. This is, this is just who we are right now. The biggest reason why is that they are there is the defense, and I'll get to that to a minute, in a minute, but don't you believe that's the case? Part of what we've been, yes, to answer your question, I should yeah. do that first. Part of what we've been led to believe about the Chiefs, and this is true, but part of our image of them is, Go back to that playoff run a few years ago where they were down huge to Houston in the first playoff game they played at Arrowhead, right? They were down huge. They came storming back in that game, storming back. Then the following week in the AFC Championship game, they went down huge again against Tennessee, and they came storming back. We associate the Chiefs with a high-flying, fast-strike offense that can hit you from anywhere at any time. I mean, that's what we saw in the Super Bowl last year, right? They had four second-half possessions against the Eagles. Four. They scored 24 points on those four possessions. The only reason they didn't get four touchdowns and four possessions was because they were draining the clock at the end of the game, kicking the field goal, and then winning the game. They didn't have to go for the touchdown. They were playing strategy there. So we don't see that sort of offense from them this year. And as a result, we think to ourselves, hmm, they're not the same team. Maybe they're vulnerable. Each of the last five years prior to this season, the Chiefs have ranked number one in the NFL in offensive EPA. That's expected points added. I'm not going to bore you with the details, but it's an advanced metric a lot of the sharper guys like to look at in terms of evaluating performance on a week-to-week basis. They were number one each of the last five years. This year, they've slipped to 10th. Yeah. Not bad, but that is a noticeable drop for a team that was first, 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 each of the last five years. Well, but like I'll point to the fact that they, all right, this year, they've scored 30 points twice. Twice. Last year, they did it eight times. And the two times they've done it this year is against the Bears and against the Chargers, who have the worst pass defense in the league. So if that's the case, I, 
I have to be a little bit skeptical of what they're doing. Those numbers have dropped, yes. Are they simply good enough? Here's Patrick Mahomes. I want to hear from him on this because he's been one of the guys that I, I think you can just sense that things aren't quite right with in his frustration with the offense so far. Here he is on his wide receivers. I've always felt like throughout the season, my, the chemistry gets better and better. Obviously, everybody wants everybody the receivers to blow up and everything like that. But I think guys have gotten better as the season's gone on, and um, they'll continue to get better. And we're, we're making strides in the right direction. And I think uh, we'll keep keep doing that as the season goes, and hopefully carry that momentum into the playoffs. Okay, I think he's lying right there when he says that. <laughs> I do. I, I think he's Patrick, lying. We're going to tee up for some audio. Then we're going to call you a liar. No, well, this is the thing. I think he is, and I did that purposely because. You have consistently, after these games, seen a frustration level on his face, even though they're winning, because I don't think he's the one who has senioritis. I think everybody else just kind of takes for granted that we're the Chiefs here, and we're we're going to get it done. This is what we do. I, I think Mahomes right now is exceptionally frustrated with the fact that he does not have that other go-to guy, even when those guys weren't incredibly dynamic receivers. You know, it was Juju Smith-Schuster. It was guys like that. I'm talking about post-Tyreek Hill last year, okay? I'm not talking about that anymore. I'm talking about the guys that are just reliable enough and he can throw open to make those plays. Yeah. But I got one other question on this front for you. Is the Chiefs' defense going to be good enough to carry them at times this year when they needed to, because it has been exceptionally good. They are the second team in the league in scoring. They are the fourth in yards allowed. I mean, is that are, are we looking at something that is going to maintain playing at that level for the rest of the year? Because that answers some of the questions for me that on the offensive end. Let's roll through it. All right. Week one, you played t- Detroit. You lost that game. Your defense gave up 21 points to a very good Lions offense. 21 points is good enough to win that game. I'm Mm -hmm. going to say that right there. I'm not going to put that on the defense. Following week, you held Jacksonville to 9, Chicago to 10. You held the Jets to 20, the Vikings to 20, the Broncos to 8, the Chargers to 17, the Broncos again to 24. Maybe not good enough, although given Denver's defense, maybe you should have been able to hang a little bit more offensively there. I'm not going to pin that one on the D necessarily, but they could have been better. And then last time we saw them 14 against Miami. Every game this season, or if we want to be conservative, we can say all but one, the defense has done enough to put you in a position to win. That's all you can ask for, especially with Patrick Mahomes, a quarterback. So, yeah, as of right now, I don't have any reason to believe that the chief defense is going to be a problem. Maybe someone figures them out down the stretch. Maybe they get into some matchup in a rematch with a team like Miami. And Miami finds a way to hang 35 on them, and the Chiefs can't keep pace. But based on what we've seen this year, this Chiefs defense is more than good enough to put your offense in the position to win every single week. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. So the question to you is, who is this game bigger for tonight? 
We want you to be a part of the Carlin versus Joe Nation on the Dr. Pepper Carlin line. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776-ESPN Nation, presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper the one fans deserve. We are just getting started. It's Carlin. It's Joe. It's Monday. It's great Monday night football. It's plenty to get into off of yesterday, including one team that still has to answer the question as to whether or not they have fixed their issues or if they just benefit from playing a terrible team. That's next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply with everyone fighting for attention how can your business stand out and connect with customers easy get constant contact constant contacts award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out stay top of mind and see big results fast Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Khalil Shakur running away from people. The 20, the 10, the 5, touchdown. Josh Allen to Khalil Shakir for 81 yards on a score to blow this one wide open. I really thought that uh, the opening kickoff set the tone for the entire game, and, and it went on from there. Today felt like we played obviously better. It's a good thing to feel to go out there and trust the guys around you, and we were executing at a high level today. Well, it's all fixed. We're done here. Bills are all good. Don't worry. Everything is just fine. Remain calm. (laughs) Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. Why am I such a jerk sometimes? In regards to what? I don't know, just being kind of a wise... Here's the thing now, right? In the back of my mind, every time I talk about the Bills, I know Christine Lisi is somewhere in the building listening, and I feel bad criticizing the Bills because of Christine Lisi. Look, there's no, there's no repairing that. You've been all in on that for months. Yeah. There's yes. really, you just, just keep going. 
don't think about that anymore because when you started the have season, have no regard like, for anybody else. Them, Got it. Saying they're going to miss the playoffs, and then at every turn that you've had an opportunity to cut them down, you've cut them down. You can't think about it now, like, oh, I'm, I'm going to offend Christine. We're way past that. Yeah, way past that. And she has been incredibly forgiving of it, and I, I, I can't thank her enough for that. But at any rate, yeah, they're still screwed. So let's just get to it, okay? The Jets <laughs> don't necessarily make you feel better about yourself. They're they're a team that is good defensively, and the Bills went out there yesterday, and they played pretty well offensively. And I was not surprised, but I was at least, at least caught my attention this morning on Get Up when Dan Arlowski, uh chimed in about why he felt like the Bills yesterday looked so different. Here he is was a completely different offense when we're talking about motion, when we're talking about play action, we're talking about putting the quarterback under center. First of all, six offensive linemen. Now watch what it does to these linebackers when you get Steph and the back in play action. They go from tight together to spread apart. Now you move the pocket. Josh has got the middle of the field vacated for Dalton Kincaid, puts his back foot in the ground. There's a chunk throw, right? So that cures his fixes to try to be aggressive with the football. Now we put him under center. There's more play action. He gets the understanding of what the defense is now the defense does a great job with new york of of getting deep nothing downfield but josh is willing to take the check down in these situations because two plays before you gave him the chance to be aggressive with the ball down the field listen i get it I, i i understand that you can do some different things to make things look better but i think they were facing a frustrated team yesterday that defensively lost some of their focus because of what's going on on the offensive side. And so the Bills did what they had to do, but I would not have expected them to lose that game yesterday anyway. It did absolutely nothing, Joe, to change my mind on the fact that I still don't see them making the playoffs, and apparently neither does Vegas. I mean, where do the Jets rank in terms of this year's get-right opponents? Like, if you need to get right, Where are you ranking the Jets in terms of teams you want to play? Carolina and Chicago are probably near the top of the list, especially Carolina. Washington's up there. That's a JV program that they're running down there right now. An embarrassment every single week we watch them play. They do nothing well. But the Jets yesterday were a perfect get right. Um, Defensively, you expect them to be better. But they gave up 32 points. They gave up 400 total yards. But what do you want? They were on the field for 37 minutes in that game. The Jets committed four turnovers. The offense was 0 of 11 on third down. At some point, yeah, the defense is going to quit. This is on Salah for going with Zach Wilson as long as he has. Now, we'll get to that more in a little bit down the road to discuss. But for the Bills, you needed to come out and you needed to play clean football after what we saw earlier in the week. Doesn't matter who the opponent is. You're on a short week. It's a divisional matchup. These games can be tricky. The Jets have shown some fight at times. The Jets beat this team back in week one. So at some point, you got to go out there and you got to show what you're about. And to put a 32-6 beatdown on a division rival, I don't care if they're frustrated. That's a good win. 400 total yards of offense. All the way around, they look relatively clean. And now they can try to work their way forward. To your question as to what Vegas is saying about the Bills, plus 155 to make the playoffs. Big underdog. That's a $100 bet on the Bills just to make the playoffs returns $155 in profit. But when you look around at the state of the AFC, 
Joe Burrow getting hurt for the season could take Cincinnati out of the equation. You know, I know Denver's coming on, but I don't really trust them. Chargers are fading. Raiders fading. Jets fading. All those teams with losses this weekend. Pittsburgh losing. And more of those could be on deck. Buffalo could slide their way in there. Can't you see a scenario where that happens? I mean, I'm bringing up the standings right now. And as of this current moment, they have put themselves at 8th. They were like 11th going into the weekend. So that's a great weekend for them. Yeah, no, I get that. But this was going to be a weekend where some teams were going to separate themselves a bit. Because, Joe, going into yesterday, you had 14 teams in the AFC with four wins. So you get a couple of those teams. Yeah, I I mean. (laughs) (laughs) Shockingly, you still still got a couple of more losses. But my point is that you now have allowed some of those teams to separate themselves a bit. Houston is now 6 and 4. The Colts are 5 and 5. Uh the Raiders are 5 and 6. Broncos, here's my point. Like, yeah, you can you can point to all those things, but the Bills being at 6 and 5 right now, it doesn't automatically mean to me that they're going to be able to make it. Could I see it happening? Yes, but when you tell me those numbers, about what the expectation is at this point. Nobody's sitting here thinking that this was all a get-right situation and now the Bills are fine going into Philadelphia. I mean, that that for me, you'll show me something if you do that. You'll even show me something if you play very well in that spot. Philly's going to be on a short week. They got Kansas City tonight. It's a quick turnaround. You got the holiday mixed in there as well. And on top of that, Bill's sitting in the eighth seat at six and five. Pittsburgh's right above them at six and four. They have Cincinnati this weekend. They're a one point favorite, but you could see them losing that game to Cincinnati. Oh, oh yeah. No, we'll, we'll get to Pittsburgh in a bit because Houston's, there's a lot to talk about there. Oh, yeah, there is. Houston's the sixth seat at six and four. They look great, but they're playing Jacksonville this weekend. And we'll break that down in more detail later. But if the Jags go in there and beat them and they move to six and five, Buffalo's right back into position with a win this weekend. It's a tall ask, but the opportunity is still there. Would I bet him at plus 155? I'd probably have to sit here and do a little bit more research on the teams in front of them. But I do think, and this doesn't matter, I do think they're better than the Steelers. I mean, I, 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 as much of an issue as Buffalo has had at times this season, I still don't see him being inferior to Pittsburgh. It's just a matter of how it's going to shake down with the remaining schedules. Buffalo's is quite challenging. Way to set the bar high. Carlin yes. versus Joe, ESPN <laughs> Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. Look, the Bills are not the only ones looking to take advantage of the Jets' ineptness in their race for an AFC playoff spot. That is next after Joe has this from Farm Fresh. Get real and keep it real this holiday season by buying real Christmas trees. Did you know that buying real Christmas trees helps save the American Christmas tree farming industry? For every 10 Christmas trees planted, an acre of land is saved. And so are American farmers' jobs. Plus, buying real Christmas trees helps keep the real holiday memories alive while helping our environment. Buy real Christmas trees this holiday season at Lowe's or wherever Christmas trees are sold. Get more information online at GetRealKeepItReal.com. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. 
With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. And the much-anticipated switching of the quarterback for the New York Jets has taken place as Tim Boyle has run out of the field in place of Zach Wilson. Just try to see if we can get some going on the offensive side of the ball. Who's your quarterback moving forward? We're going to watch the tape. Frustrated, but I get it. Got to score. Got to be in games. Uh, when it's consecutive weeks of just doing nothing on offense, essentially it comes down to you got to score points. So when things aren't getting done, changes got to be made, and I understand that. I don't know if I ever heard a more depressing statement in my life than Tim Boyle is running onto the field to replace Zach Wilson. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. You got a feel for a lot of those guys in the Jets. You got a feel for Robert Sala. But the Jets have a big game this week against the Miami Dolphins. It is the Black Friday football game. Andrew Whitworth, Amazon Prime NFL analyst and, of course, Super Bowl champion. He's a part of the broadcast. 1.30 p.m. Eastern Time, extended Black Friday football pregame show. And he joins us right now. Andrew, it's Chris Carlin and Joe Fortenbaugh. We appreciate the time uh, let's just start here when you're in the middle of a situation like the jets are right now when we saw some of the frustration from the defense and you can't get anything going offensively how does that affect the locker room i mean it's a ton i mean you, you look at it a locker room culture you know really starts uh with that feeling like we're all in this thing together and when one side of the football has really done their part and feels like man we're a playoff caliber team and we're only being held back by the other. It's it's one of those situations that as a coach, you're constantly monitoring and trying to keep them to get along, right? I got two sons. I know, I know the feeling when one of them's doing well and the other one isn't. Uh, you got to keep them together, right, and not blaming them. So I think it's probably been a long year for Coach Sala, and uh, they've got to be very frustrated. But that locker room, you know, this is a tough part of the season right here because it's really that every loss makes these guys feel like our chances are that much less. And so it starts to get emotional. And, and you know what? Sometimes it gets testy, and I think that they've entered that point. All right, so you're on the call, or at least doing the pre-, middle-, and post-game show for Sunday's Amazon game, th- Friday's Amazon game. Let's see how many mistakes I can make in this setup. Um, <laughs> against the Dolphins, would you be more inclined to see the Jets? Would you want to see them send Wilson back out there, or have we seen enough, and should they ride with Boyle, Boyle the rest of the way? You know, I think that the tough part of that is we haven't seen anything from Boyle, and 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 so it's it's really, you know, you you know what you're getting in Zach Wilson, and I think it's too late. You know, I think that the the frustration we talk about defensively, you know, really could be for that whole locker room and organization in the sense that, 
you know, and I can understand the fan base as well. You know, we said this after Aaron Rodgers got hurt. Everyone politicked for what quarterback it was they should trade for. Every quarterback that's out there that they might could sign and see them develop in case Zach Wilson isn't the answer. And and every time it was met with, this is our guy, he's our future. And and to me, like you can, that's it's one thing to say that. It's another as an organization to not be preparing for alternatives and saying, hey, what if he's not? You look at what Cleveland Browns with Joe Flacco now, and then Carson Wentz in L.A. with the Rams. All these teams, why, why, you should be first in line to do this. And so I think that right now, here we are, it's too late. We've gone this far. You didn't trade for anybody. You didn't sign a guy to kind of be, hey, just in case, to be developing a veteran of some kind. Um, and now you want to throw another guy out there and say, hey, let's just go that hasn't been playing. And so I think it's it's one of those things at this point on a, short, or a shorter week, you got to go with Zach Wilson because the other part of that is is that it's not like offensively they've played well at other positions because there's been plenty of mistakes to go around in this offense. And so I don't know that you can put it on one guy at this point, um, but the quarterback obviously has to be better. Andrew Whitworth, Amazon Prime NFL analyst joining us. Black Friday game, Dolphins and the Jets. It's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. All right, for the Dolphins, what's the narrative? Well, they haven't beaten a team over 500 yet. How seriously should we take that when we're evaluating Miami? Yeah, I think it's it's more, you know, seeing them in these kind of games where the first thing isn't working, you know, because you, you see really, I, I relate it to when I was with Sean McVay in 17 and 18, and we kind of were this new offensive style that we were going to play in 11 all the time. And, we, you know, we were explosive and had these great games where we looked like, man, we could just run it and throw it and play action on everybody. And the Dolphins have been that way until they've played some of these better defenses that have a little bit of an answer, playing some kind of shell, not, not moving everybody with all the emotions and having an answer for kind of a limiting – Tyreek Hill, like, hey, he's still going to get his yards. He's still going to have a great game, but we're going to limit all the explosives all over the field uh, and try and slow you guys down some. And then just, hey, all right, if that stuff's not working, like, can we run the ball efficiently down and down out, uh, not just explosives, but be an efficient offense without all those things. And so I really think that you've kind of seen them say against some of these great defenses, they have a great plan and they got the kind of players that they can make up for some of that. And I just use, I think that we relate it to records and who the teams are that are great. But to me, it's like, hey, just see you guys. Hey, when the initial plan doesn't work, are y'all still good enough and efficient enough to just grind it out and find ways to win games? Uh, I think that's the thing you really want to see out of them. Even though we all love the explosiveness and craziness of that offense and what they're able to do, Tyreek Hill doesn't seem fair at times. You know, I want to see them be able to grind out wins regardless of what's really going on uh, offensively. Dolphins-Jets Friday, and then the next Amazon Prime game is going to be Cowboys-Seahawks. You know, along the lines with Miami, what do we make of this Dallas team? Because when they're playing the the bottom half of the NFL, they're blowing them out in spectacular fashion. But when they step up in class and go to Philly or go to San Francisco, they continue to come up short. So is there any reason to believe that this year is going to be any different when Dallas gets to the playoffs? I will, I'll give them this. I thought San Francisco, you know, you get your, you really get your face peeled off in that game. It was an ugly, ugly loss for them. We all know that. And, and, you know, I think that many of their players were not, were not happy with probably some of the coverage and talk after that. But I really thought, you know, they've responded since then. And, and even I look at Philly, uh, I think that Philly team is, is an unbelievable football team. And to go up there and, and get it to where they did and have a chance to win that game, 
But if not a couple of inches, you can say they didn't make the play. The reality is if the tight end's knee goes a little bit further, this is a totally different football game. Uh, you know, I mean, a matter of inches from that being a totally different game. And so I think that really, to me, they, I, I compare it a little bit to when you've seen some of these teams maybe lose a really tight, good contest like last year, the Chiefs-Bengals, the Bengals getting the best of the Chiefs during the regular season, but you'd go, all right, this Chiefs team is like, man, we are going to beat them the next time we play them. Again, the Bengals have had that success against them. You know, the Rams-Niners, we you know lost to them on such a long streak in the regular season, and then that last time we played them took them to overtime, but we still came up short. But in my mind, we gain this respect level of ourselves and them. Like, hey, it's going to take our absolute best to beat this team, and all we got to do is find it for one game. I think it's going to be interesting to see the Cowboys if that if they haven't learned from that moment, and then really can they go into this next chance they get in a big matchup and dominate? Uh, I think it'll tell us a lot about the character of this football team. Twenty seconds. Respond to this take. You just tell me right or wrong. Turkey on Thanksgiving, remarkably overrated. Go. I'm going to say overrated. Gosh, I'm sorry. I'm a hand guy. I like No, ham. no, no. Uh, no. You feel good about yourself. Don't I apologize for anything. Absolutely 100% true. Thank you, Andrew. Once again, you've validated you my will. thoughts. <laughs> Well, why is it why is it that people feel the need to have this take every year? This because this anti turkey take. No, 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 I know, I know. It's dry. It's overrated. Now you can go out and you can have prime rib or ham or whatever your <laughs> substitution is. Three hundred and sixty four other days, but we have a tradition. Yep. And for some reason, so many people are against this tradition. Andrew, I'm not against you. I'm against Carlin for even bringing this up because this just feels like the bottom of the barrel troll take for this week. <laughs> <laughs> well, not only that, but you didn't, he didn't ask, was I going to still eat the turkey? I'm still right. going to eat the turkey. Right. I do think it's overrated, but it's a tradition, so I'm still going to eat it. <laughs> See, I appreciate that. Thank you. Andrew, great stuff. Appreciate it, man. Thanks. Of course. Thank you all. Andrew Whitworth, Amazon Prime NFL analyst, Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. You're not going to hear me do this a lot this week, but that's a man who clearly – we share the same physical characteristics, so I'm going to respect his opinion. That's all. It, 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 it's not about Whitworth. It's about you bringing that up. There's, there's, there's a handful of yous every year who do this. Every year who do this, who think it is just so clever to come out and go anti-Turkey. It's, it's one day a year. It's no. one day a year. It's a tradition. You don't like it, you can keep it to yourself. I don't understand no. why there's this, hey, man, turkey's overrated, okay? So are the Jets. Joe. What are we going to do? Joe, there are too many. <laughs> I have a choice to not eat the turkey. I have to watch the Jets. <laughs> <laughs> it's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. We've got massive breaking news out of college football that is potentially going to change the way we look- Look on TV real quick. Carlin and Whitworth, the resemblance is very, very strong. This is what I'm saying. Now, I would never say that. That's such an insult to Whitworth. Exactly. I would never say that directly to Whitworth because of that. But it's bald. It's beard. It's big. That's it. Two and there's different only a, types of big. And well, that's true. He's more muscular big, but he's still big. You know what I respect? Whitworth didn't go the Jeff Saturday route, the Sean O'Hara route. Oh, let me lose 150 pounds now that I'm done playing. Selling out your brethren. For exactly. years it was for years it was fine to be a big fat guy. For years when it was paying the bills, exactly. and then you leave the NFL and suddenly, well, I'm going to get skinny. 
No, you know, for those people's souls are for sale. It's Carlin <laughs> versus Joe, ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Jordan Travis able to gain 15 yards. Oh, nice man. job that time. Is he okay? He's floating it up. Oh, no, his left ankle. Oh, no, his left ankle the video board you heard the crowd Man, they got a cast they bringing the air cast out too look at his ankle god dog it his left ankle was not in the right spot really unfortunate situation it's carlin versus joe espn radio presented by progressive insurance save when you bundle motorcycle rv and boat insurance visit progressive.com without further ado let's hear from mike norvell florida state's head coach on the situation you know, unfortunately, uh, you know, you know, Jordan went down, you know, there in the, in the first quarter and you had a season ending, you know, injury. And, you know, you really, you know, you just, I mean, it was, it was devastating just for, for him, for who it, for who he is, for what he's meant to this uh, program, you know, the, the impact that he's made on and off the field to know that his, you know, his last, his last play, uh, you know, at Florida state has, has, um, you know, has happened. I mean, it's just, it, it's, it's hard. So Jordan Travis is done for the year. Joseph, this could be a situation now where even if Florida State won out, the argument just became a whole lot stronger for a one-loss team to take their spot in the playoff. This is awful. This is awful on so many levels. Obviously, our analysis of how awful this is is going to focus solely on Travis and an undefeated 11-0 Florida State team that was having a remarkable season. That's not to downplay injuries like this to other players on lesser teams by any stretch of the imagination. It's just this is the injury we're presented with right now, and this is absolutely brutal. These kids came into the season with a real shot at winning the conference and getting into the playoff, and here they are 11-0 going into Florida week with an opportunity to close that out. And even if they end up beating Florida and going 12-0 and and making their way to the ACC championship game and beating Louisville or whoever they end up getting there, 
to move to 13 and 0, it's not going to matter. It's not going to matter because the committee's job is to take the four best teams in the country and put them into a four-team playoff. And Florida State, without Jordan Travis, who was in the top, I believe, eight in Heisman Trophy odds, is simply not going to be one of the four best teams in the country regardless of record. I feel gutted for Mike Norvell. I feel gutted for everybody at Florida State because this isn't how it's supposed to end. Go out on the merits. Go out on the field, lose a game, and realize, all right, Today wasn't our day. We're not the best team, but we gave it our all. To go down like this at this point in the season is just an absolute gut punch. Yep, it opens the door for somebody else. Washington, obviously, is the first candidate because they're going to find their way in if they can win this coming week in the Apple Cup against Washington State and then go on to beat Oregon in the rematch in the Pac-12 championship game. But for Florida State right now, you just have to feel Awful, because Jordan Travis was having a remarkable season. That team, that team had really turned the corner since some of those down years they had had over the last decade. Okay, so right now they sit uh, in the coaches' poll. They are sitting at, let's see, they are sitting at fourth right now. They are fifth in the AP poll. They have got Florida this week, and that game is in Gainesville. And then they have got Louisville, currently ranked 10th, in the ACC championship game. If you're the committee, do you take another team, a one-loss Oregon-Texas-Alabama, into the postseason, uh, into the playoff, rather than taking an undefeated Florida State if they continue to find their way through that? It feels to me... I agree that you, your job is to get the four best teams, and that's that's where this biggest argument is going to come from, right? The four best teams versus who people feel deserve it, which is not what goes into this discussion. It's not about what you deserve. It's not about it at all. Well, we're, Air Force was having a hell of a season. UNLV's having a hell of a season. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We want the four best teams in the playoff. Is it a perfect system? No. But we want the four best there so we can get two semifinals that lead to a championship game, and ultimately we can all come away feeling like the best team won the championship. That's what this is about, putting the four best teams in there. So here's what's going to happen on the next vote. Number one, still Georgia. They won another big game. People tried to say, well, Tennessee plus the points. That was cute, that late steam that came in on Tennessee, knocking it down to eight and a half. Georgia rolled them. They stay number one. Michigan stays number two. Ohio State stays number three. And now you take Washington and you move them from five up to four while you drop Florida State. If you want to drop Florida State past Oregon, that's fine with me too. A lot of Seminoles fans aren't going to want to hear this. Coaching staff's not going to want to hear this. They're all going to feel that if they continue to win, whether it's a starter or the backup, they should still get the benefit of the doubt. They should not. Jordan Travis is a huge reason why they were as successful as they were this year. He was a top eight guy in the Heisman odds. You can't remove that from the equation and tell me that team is still just as good. They're not going to have enough time to prove it, unfortunately. If this had happened midway through the year, perhaps you can come out and make that case. But you can't take Michael Penix in Washington and hold them out now that Jordan Travis is done for Florida State. You just can't do it. It's, it's a disgusting conversation to have right. based around an injury, but if we are going to have it, the committee has to have it tomorrow. They're going to have to have it tomorrow when they release everything So you're flip-flopping night. this tomorrow. You're, you're making Washington four tomorrow, Florida State five. You come right out and you send the message right now. You don't yeah. dance around any of this. You send the message right now, Washington yep. is now the better team. 
I agree with that. I, I agree that's the way that you have to go. And if that's the case, listen, we obviously know that Ohio State and Michigan is going to have somebody lose this weekend. Would you take one of those two? Let, let's say Ohio State loses. Are they, in your mind, still better than Florida State? Uh, it's going to depend on what that loss looks like. If Michigan rolls them like they did last year, then I'm then I'm not giving Ohio State any benefit right. of the doubt. You can just they can put an egg in their shoe and beat it for all I'm concerned. But if it's a really tight game at the big house, 35-33, yeah, I'd probably say Florida State on a neutral ends up beating or Ohio State on a neutral ends up beating Florida State. It's not really going to matter in that case because once Ohio State loses that game, they're not going to be around for conference championship weekend and they're going to end up fading. I think it's all going to come down to what we see with Alabama and Georgia in the SEC championship game. If you are a one-loss team, you desperately want Georgia to beat the brakes off of Alabama. Get them out of the equation. Get the Michigan-Ohio State loser out of the equation because they won't be in their respective conference championship game. And then maybe, just maybe, if Florida State goes undefeated, they might be able to say, look, we're 13-0, and but if Oregon beats Washington, it's only Georgia and Michigan, assuming they beat Ohio State, that are the only other undefeated teams. You're going to put two one-losses in ahead of us? That's the only case Florida State can hope for right now. They're going to want Alabama to get hammered. They're going to want Ohio State or Michigan to get hammered in that game. And then they're going to want Oregon to spring the upset. Well, it won't be an upset. They're a favorite. They're going to want Oregon to take out Washington. And the hope is they're sitting there 13-0 and saying, you're going to put two one-losses ahead of us? That would be the argument for them. You can put an egg in your shoe and beat it? Danny DeVito as Frank Reynolds, always sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, my God. That's an incredible poll. <laughs> Nicely done. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.